The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus and replied, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate, were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So God picks Abraham. Why Abraham? I mean, he's in Mesopotamia. He's a, a thousand miles as the crow flies to the promised land. Why doesn't God just pick somebody competent in the promised land? Why does Jesus have to go to the Sea of Galilee to find disciples? Why can't he just go to the local synagogue? I mean, this was somebody that might be prayerful. I'll go to the temple where there's a theologian. You know, I wonder about these things, and I finally got my answer. When I went to a diaconate ordination, and the bishop said, because God seeks out a servant's heart. And I understood. Now, I need to give you context in what happened at that ordination. You see, our driveway is built on a hill, and so if it snows, if any snow on the driveway, we're not going to get our cars out. So after a weekend of snow, and when it finally stopped, I got a shovel and a bucket of salt in my coat and went out, and I cleaned off all the cars and cleaned off all the driveway. I then went in the house, and it was Sunday, so I said the Sunday Mass was 8 o'clock. After that, I had something to eat, and then just before I went to bed, I looked out the window to check my nice work, and there was slush and snow all over the cars in the driveway. Apparently, the snow had just slipped off the, off the church roof and uh, landed uh, right smack where I, where I did my nice job. So I got my coat and a, and a shovel and went back out. Just as I started working, uh, one of my conferees, one of the guys, poked his head out the door and, and asked me, he says, what are you doing? Well, at the time, I was holding the shovel, so I thought I figured that it was obvious what I was doing, but I told him, I said, well, I'm shoveling. He said, well, well, why? He said, so we can get the cars out of the driveway because we're on a hill. And he says, I thought you just did this. I thought you just cleaned up the place. I said, yeah, but the snow just slipped off the, off, the, off, the, off the church roof. He says, well, why are you doing it so late at night? I said, because the temperatures are going to drop and the slush is going to turn into ice by tomorrow morning. And he said, oh, 
And he went back in the house. And he asked every question except the one question that I wanted him to ask. Don't you need any help? A year later, I, it snowed all weekend. It stopped, and I went out with my shovel. I got my coat and bucket of salt and, and went out there. And, and it was somebody had done it. Somebody cleaned off the cars and, and shoveled the driveway. I said, who did this? I needed to know. So I went on an investigation, and I, I finally found out that one of the new seminarians that had just joined us I did it. So I went up to him. I said, did, did somebody ask you to do this? He says, no, no. I just wanted to you know, uh, make sure that in case somebody wanted to get out of the driveway, they, <laughs> they can get out. Well, many years later, at his diaconate ordination, when the bishop said that, uh, that God seeks out a servant's heart, I said, well, that's, that's it. I said, God does the same thing I do. I want to find out who's generous. You know, Arnold Palmer once said that if you want to really know somebody well, go with them and play around the golf, and you'll find out if the person is a cheater, if he whines a lot, if he has anger issues, if he can laugh at himself. And it's the same thing when you go to somebody's workplace. You can go to somebody's workplace and, and know that person really well in five minutes. You'll find out if that person is, a, is, a, is whiny, bossy, lazy, or has a servant's heart. So Jesus goes to Peter's workplace. And he must have saw something that he liked about Peter, about his heart. We don't know what it was. Maybe it was he was just uh, really super kind to his crew. Maybe after he came back fishing, he gave a couple of free fish to the local widows who couldn't afford any food. But whatever it was that he did, it wasn't very much. It couldn't have been much. The reason why is because it doesn't take much to impress God. It doesn't. A widow did it with two pennies in the temple treasury. Another woman did it with her tears, washed Jesus' feet and dried him with her hair. A Samaritan man says, yeah, all, you know, the good Samaritan in the, in the parables that would tell us today, says, I really didn't do that much. I just used some of my oil and some of my wine to dress the guy's wounds and and I just brought him to an end. It wasn't like I did anything heroic or anything really great or big. You know, and here's the faith question for us. Is, have we ever wowed God? Have we ever really impressed God? It doesn't take much.